Welcome to the Cornerstone League podcast, bringing together credit union advocates, thought leaders, champions, and more. I'm your host, Tanya Ditburner, Cornerstone League Director of Communications and Media Relations. And today we're talking about interchange, specifically the Credit Card Competition Act of 2023, the Big Box Bill. In 2010, Senate Amendment 3989 of the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act, also known as the Durbin Amendment, imposed debit card routing mandates and debit interchange price caps. The Durbin Amendment had negative revenue impacts on debit card issuers and reduced consumers' access to offerings such as free checking and rewards programs. Fast forward to 2022, when the Credit Card Competition Act was introduced, then put on ice, so to speak. This egregious bill has been reintroduced this year with the backing of merchant groups and additional co-sponsors. Many in the financial services industry, including credit unions, are staunchly opposed to the big box bill, which, if passed, will greatly inhibit small financial institutions' growth, ability to provide access to affordable financial products and services, and threaten data security. Jesse Swendig, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Community Impact at Neighborhood Credit Union, is here to dig into this topic from a credit union perspective. Jesse leads Neighborhood Credit Union's marketing team and has been with the credit union for 10 years. She also serves on the Cornerstone League board and is an ardent credit union advocate, often joining the Cornerstone League advocacy team on hill hikes and face-to-face meetings with legislators and regulators. Jesse, welcome to the Cornerstone League podcast. Thank you, Tanya. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Many of our listeners from the financial services industry are probably familiar with interchange, but for the benefit of the few who may not be as familiar, can you tell me what is interchange? Yes. So I've been explaining this to my family recently. Uh, So I'll kind of explain it the way I explain it to them because they're not in the financial services industry at all. So um, what I've been telling them is, you know, it's the It's the cost of converting the transaction from the card, debit or credit, into the merchant's bank account. And so running it through those rails and giving them the cash for the purchase that you made. And those fees cover our fraud risks. Then those costs just cover the fraud risks and the handling costs and things like that to make those transactions go through and make it convenient for the consumer to purchase things on their cards. What are your credit union's concerns with the Credit Card Competition Act of 2023? We have a lot of concerns. Basically, what they're saying is it's just going to affect the big guys, you know, the big banks or or the bigger credit unions. But really, we all know that it has the ripple effects down to us and down to the smaller credit unions. And we just don't want that negative impact for our members. So the bill's name, Credit Card Competition Act, implies that the legislation is poised to inject more competition into the credit card industry, which many of the bill's opponents say won't be the case. Another popular talking point for the bill supporters is that it will eventually pass savings on to consumers. But recent data from a Cornerstone Advisor study shows that that wasn't the case in the years following the 2010 Durban Amendment. So can you tell me in your estimation, how and why will this legislation hurt consumers? The whole premise that they're going to pass the savings on to consumers is something that really upsets me because I know it's not true because already before they've even gotten this bill passed into law, they're already adding surcharge fees to regular purchases. If you're going to use a credit card, it's going to cost you 3% more or they're giving discounts for using a debit card or cash, something like that. So already they're taking advantage of their own consumers for trying to have convenient access to their money. 
I think it's going to hurt consumers because the competition that they're trying to inject into the system with adding more networks and giving merchants the options of which rails to take or which network to use, they're going to use the cheapest option for the, for the network. It may or may not be the safest route, which is going to increase fraudulent charges for our members. I'm afraid that the Credit Card Competition Act is going to do the same thing to credit cards as it did to debit cards whenever we put the Consumer Protection Act in, in 2010, because I really don't think it's very consumer friendly. Minimizing the interchange and essentially the revenue stream that we have to initiate and maintain our card programs to give our members convenient access to their money is being threatened. So when they're forcing us to add another routing network, obviously the merchants are going to choose the cheaper route to process the transaction. That makes business sense for them. But it forces us to potentially find different ways to support this this card program. So they're going to go with the cheapest option, which is not necessarily the safest. Exactly. I know a lot of the data security is, isn't there when you have different options for these networks. I think the, the reason we have the, the networks that we have right now is because they're the best. They're the gold standard. And, and that's what keeps our members' information safe. And when they did this with debit cards, the ramifications that we didn't necessarily know at the time ended up being a lot of free checking accounts went away. The smaller institutions and the credit unions who are philosophies, people helping people, you know, we, we want to do what's best for the member. We want to serve the underbanked. We didn't necessarily do away with free checking. So really, it's, it's just impacting our bottom line. And, and we haven't changed a lot of the services that we provide for credit cards. It's different. People need that lifeline, especially right now with inflation rising. We have so many members that count on their credit cards to get them to the end of the month, to get them to that next paycheck. And if the interchange decreases in any way, the revenue that we have to support that program, you know, I don't know if we would have to incre- or decrease credit lines and decrease the, the credit availability that people have just to cover the potential losses for the program. It, it just works a little differently. And I'm afraid of, of how much of an impact it's going to have and then how much that's going to impact our members who need these services. What I'm hearing is if this legislation passes, not only will financial institutions such as yours and other like community institutions will lose out because you'll have to scale back on your programs, you'll have to scale back on your services that actually help the consumer. But the consumer will also lose out because they won't have access to those affordable credit products and services and rewards programs as they once did. Absolutely. And I don't want to say, oh, you know, if if they pass this law, then we're going to be forced to get rid of every good thing we offer the member. That's that's not we don't want to offer all ultimatums. But realistically, if this is how we run our business and lawmakers are making changes that impact our bottom lines, that's going to change how we're, we're able to offer things to our members. And like I said, it makes me so mad that retailers say they'll pass these savings on to customers, but it didn't happen with debit. Pretty positive it's not going to happen with credit. They'll just pocket the savings and then they're going to turn their tablet around and ask for a tip for something I've never tipped for before or add a surcharge. I mean, I I feel like the merchants are already finding different ways to, to increase their revenues that they don't need to go after the payment system that's been around for a long time and works well for everyone, if we blow this thing up, it's going to have some serious, serious changes to the whole thing. Card not present fraud is ramping up. How does this play into the Credit Card Competition Act? 
granted for us, you know, we have a larger debit portfolio and card not present frauds going up in both. So really, you know, with card not present fraud going up and if interchange goes down, it's going to be way harder for us to cover those fraud losses for our members. If your revenue stream is strained, then it's going to be harder for the credit union to cover those losses for fraud. And then with data privacy being put at risk as well, then that's even more strain on both the credit union and the consumer. With card not present fraud going up tremendously, I'm sure other people have seen it at their credit unions and with their debit and credit. If our interchange fees are decreased based on this on this competition act, then our ability to cover those fraudulent charges is going to go down extremely. We're going to have to make that up in other ways. By trying to find other ways to to make that money up, we have we pay for rewards programs for credit cards. That's always a big incentive for members to use those cards is, you know, they have access to their credit, but they also get points or cash back or whatever we offer. Also, a lot of our card programs do not have annual fees. I know that none of our cards do, and I know a lot of credit unions try to stay away from annual fees. That's an easy lever to pull to make up revenue if our interchange revenue is taken away. I know that our members don't want that. I know that that doesn't feel like how we want to do business as a credit union because we never have. But if lawmakers force us to change how we're doing business, it's it's really going to impact how consumers have access to their money and to their lines of credit. You raised a good point when you mentioned that your members do not pay annual fees, which I think is a really unique selling point for a lot of credit unions. When you're looking at a consumer who, or a prospective member who is considering banking with a bank or banking with a credit union, if that unique selling proposition goes away for your credit union, that could really tarnish your reputation and your ability to attract new members. Absolutely. And a lot of our members use our credit cards because of that reason. We have lower rates. We don't have annual fees because we are prudent with the interchange revenue that we get to pay for our program. And we use it in a way that's very consumer friendly because really credit unions are, are trying to be the good guys here. And it feels like it's, it's getting harder and harder to do that. Can you speak to how credit unions can oppose egregious legislation? I think the merchants are very aggressive with lobbying their side, going and seeing the lawmakers, uh, really getting their points across. And I think the big banks is a, an easy target. Ever since 2008, it's been really easy to push them off as the bad guys. They're saying it's only going to affect those guys and it's going to be better for the consumer. But again, 13 years ago, we saw that that's not the case. And we've we've seen the downward impact of how it's impacted all of us, all sizes of financial institutions. So really, I think credit unions need to be more involved in this because we are going to be impacted one way or the other. Some of the things that we've been able to do at Neighborhood, we have a really involved staff. Anytime there's something that comes up that's pretty serious, like the, the IRS bill last year, all of the tools that CUNA and the provide for us to easily send to lawmakers, that's an easy thing to do. The whole staff responded. But we've also been able to get our members involved as well. Our members have been able to respond virtually, digitally. They're able to send their uh, opposition to the bills. And we're able to position it as, this is advocacy for your credit union. We're not getting political. We're not trying to play sides here. We're, we're talking about your finances 
and how you have control over your own money. And that is how this potential law impacts you. And our members have responded to it really well as as well. Some of them are more vocal than others. Some of our members will actually go to an office and they're very vocal, but most of them, the vast majority that do respond, use the tools that the league gives us in order to send the emails, send the letters very easily and flood their inboxes as well. So getting our members and our employees involved. um, And then, like I said at the beginning, I've talked to my family about this too, because my parents are big on their travel points. They want their their credit card to still have their travel points and the ones that they have from the big banks. I'm like, this is this is actually going to impact those first. So really understanding what the merchants are asking our lawmakers to do and how it's going to impact us long term. And I think we have a good precedent based on what happened before. So we really need to be more vocal. I don't think it's in our credit union DNA to fight as much as it should be. You raise a great point with the DNA. And if I may play devil's advocate, we have always, as credit union people, been kind of the underdog and have always faced this sort of existential threat. And so we have a bit of fight in us, but the strength really lies in our collective power. And so if we all rally behind a certain initiative or in opposition of something like this or in favor of something, I mean, the implications or the impact can really be very powerful. We don't have that kind of aggression in us, not like the merchants or the retailers, right? We're not the big bulldog. Um, but we're not chihuahuas either. <laughs> but maybe maybe we're like blue healers, if you want to think of it that way. Or golden retrievers. Very likable, always the good guy, you know, but like, and no one messes with you. But when someone does, we can fight back. Great analogy. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, can you speak to any one of our listeners who has never advocated on behalf of credit unions or never interacted uh, with a legislator on an issue they believe in or anything like that, but they kind of want to and they're curious? How can you demystify advocacy for that one person or handful of people? So actually, it's way easier than I thought it would be. The first time I went in to advocate for credit unions, I just wanted to stay in the background and be quiet. But honestly, the lawmakers or their staffers, they really want to know what issues you're dealing with, how they can serve us and our members, because at the end of the day, our members are their constituents. So when we're saying that credit unions are are powerful and we need to be more aggressive, we have large numbers. Our members speak volumes because we have so many of them. So when we're able to say X percentage of your constituents are credit union members, and this is going to impact them negatively, and they're not going to like it, that really speaks to them because that's who they're trying to serve. So at the end of the day, your Congress people, your senators, their staffers, whoever you're talking to, they're just people. They want to listen and understand where you're coming from and see how they can help. So I think the merchants have done a really good job getting in there, telling them exactly what they want, and we need to do the same. That's excellent feedback. I would love for you to speak a little bit to how a Cornerstone member can get involved like tomorrow. Well, I will say Cornerstone is always up for anybody who wants to advocate for credit unions. Just raise your hand and someone will say yes we'll let you do this. Or yes, you can help in this way. We need all the advocacy that that we can get, right? So really, I would say the easiest way is to just raise your hand, email someone that you know, say, hey, uh, how do I help? 
the league, CUNA, everyone has talking points for exactly how this is going to help us. So no one's going to send you in blind um, and you'll be able to speak exactly to to what you know. But really, the lawmakers want to hear from the people that are that are doing the job. So the people in charge of advocacy at Cornerstone are fabulous. They know exactly what they're talking about. Whenever we go with them, it's always more impactful for the lawmakers to hear the stories that the people that work at the credit unions have. We have way more impact by telling exactly how some new law or something impacted our members, how they came in or how we impacted their lives by being able to offer them whatever service it is. So the stories that we're able to tell really resonate with our lawmakers more than any political talking points that we could have. When they hear authentic stories from the credit union people, business owners that happen to be credit union members, I think those stories have a lot more gravitas than than anything else. Also, our board of directors has been a huge help. Your board of directors volunteer to serve the credit union. They have so much passion for their credit union. And most of the time they've been around for a long time. They know the business and they know the members because most of the time, you know, they'll come from the original seg or whatever. Board members are great untapped resource. I feel like a lot of credit unions don't use them enough to speak to lawmakers. As a marketer, when you activate your audience, your membership to advocate, to respond to any action alerts or to really spread awareness, how do you go about doing that? How do you leverage your channels to get that message across to your members? We mostly leverage our emails. A lot of our members get our emails and are very engaged with them. So that seems to be the best way to get them to act. We can we can be a little bit more viral with social media, but we've seen that the most action takes place whenever we send them an email. For whatever reason, it seems more important when it comes through that channel or, or a little bit more urgent. So email has been our best channel. It's, it's been a really fun conversation. So thanks so much. No problem. Thank you. Many thanks to Jesse Swendig for her insights on interchange, the negative impacts of egregious legislation, and tips for advocating on behalf of credit unions. Whether you're an active credit union advocate or considering participating but don't know where to start, visit our website, cornerstoneleague.coop, where you'll find current and upcoming opportunities. And if you haven't already done so, please respond to CUNA's Action Alert to make your voice heard on the Credit Card Competition Act of 2023. Thanks for listening.